there, I know that there are more women out there in a similar situation who are either creating a product um, that people want and they just need to know, like, it's easier than you think to practically start that business and start selling your product. Welcome back to the Cypress Room, where we dive deep on influencing with integrity. I'm Christina Muscari. And I'm Maggie Honeycutt. And today's episode is going to be all about female entrepreneurship, starting your own business. Uh, Maggie has a fantastic stat that she wants to share with you before yes. we start. Um, so I found this article in the World Economic Forum that talked about how women entrepreneurs are fueling U.S. business growth right now in the year. This was in 2022, but I feel like it's still relevant today. But in 2022, women made up 40% of U.S. entrepreneurs starting businesses compared with 29% prior to COVID. So what isn't that crazy? Okay, you told me this stat, but I must have like not been listening to that back half. So it has doubled since COVID, basically. It has doubled since COVID the amount of women entrepreneurs in the U.S., which is crazy on one hand, but on the other hand, it makes total, total sense. sense total right? Sense. This is going to be an awesome episode. <laughs> I'm super excited because not only we're we going to dive into like how you can start your own business, like mm -hmm. every idea could be a business. You have no idea. We're yes. going to walk through kind of the logistics of that. We're going to share our own journey because we both have our own businesses. We both, we each have an LLC, which yes. is super cool to say now that I'm sitting there saying it. And then of course, at the end, we're going to be sharing some of our favorite things yes. that we're loving because we love sharing things with you that are going to make your life better and easier. So stick around for that. Yes. And what inspired this episode is two different things. So we have a friend from church who just started her own business selling. She has always been an amazing baker. And she finally decided she had so many people wanting to learn how, wanting her product that she just started her own business. And I thought it was so cool. And it just sparked something inside me to think like there, I know that there are more women out there in a similar situation who are either creating a product um, that people want and they just need to know like it's easier than you think to practically start that business and start selling your product, right? Yeah. Whether it's artwork, whether it is refinished furniture, mm -hmm. if it's a bakery item, um, a lot of people have done prints or even like merchandise. They're, the possibilities are really endless. They go beyond and in addition to being a content creator. So we kind of just wanted to talk about practically what does it take to just get started with your own small business, but also share our stories as well? Yeah. And when you were saying this to me, you know, like I talk about content creation a lot and it's been very successful for me and I have been able to make a lot more on my content than I ever could on my products. But if you're looking to dive into the business world, the fastest way you are going to make money is by selling your own product. And, you know, people who make it big in the influencing industry who are content creators, the ones that are doing really, really well, they also have started their own brands and are either selling physical or digital products. So I'm really intrigued to talk about this because being a content creator is a long haul. You kind of have to be creating content for a while 
to start making money at it and start seeing those brand partnerships and, you know, to get monetized on YouTube and all those things to see financial benefit from your content when you don't have a product is a long haul. Yes. And for me personally, I did start out the first time I ever made money on Pretty Distressed was selling products, was flipping furniture that I found at the thrift store and selling it on Marketplace or selling it at garage sales. And also then finding clients like people would see the things that I had for sale. And if that sold, they would reach out to me or they'd buy something from me and say, hey, I have this. Can you make this over for me? So I used to do commissioned work. Mm -hmm. So the first fruits of Pretty Distress that I ever made was actually selling a tangible product and service. Yes. So I think that's such a good point because that is a great place to start. And social media can be such a great tool when you have a product to promote the product. So we're using it maybe in a little bit different of a way with a different mindset than I just want to be a content creator yeah. in those beginning stages. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, you know, you started selling a product, but even before that, what were the beginning steps to starting this business? Like just practically. Uh, it was just having a passion for something. Mm -hmm. So, and you're the friend that you're speaking of at church. She, I think she taught half of the people that I know how to make sourdough bread. Yeah. And especially during the pandemic, like she had the starter that she was sharing with everybody and would show everybody how to do it. And, mm -hmm. and people asked about that in the first place because she would make sourdough for people and gift it to people. Mm -hmm. So you have to start somewhere of having a passion or something and you have to like share it with people. You can't just be keeping it to yourself for some reason. When I started doing furniture, I did it because we I wanted to furnish our home and we didn't have a lot of money to buy things. So I wanted to make things that looked like Pottery Barn, that looked like restoration hardware. So I figured out how to take old things or the things that I already had in my home and make them over to look like that. That I was doing for me, for to personal benefit for my home. But I wanted people to see it. Like I was proud of the stuff that I had. Yeah. So I started sharing it on Instagram. And at that point, my Instagram was just my personal Instagram account. My Facebook was my personal, you know, account. And as people that were in my life, my family and my friends, I had to be vulnerable and show that to them first. And when they saw it and had a positive reaction to it, I'm like, well, they're either just being nice or I have something here. So I'm going to shoot my shot and start putting this out on like a public platform and started a blog started a business Facebook page. I eventually switched my Instagram over to a public page, but I just started sharing the before and afters because that was the fun process for me. That's what I like to watch on HGTV. And I started sharing it with people and then it gained traction from there. Yeah. I love yeah. that. But it had to be like vulnerable and put myself out yes. there and share what I was doing and what I liked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like, um, and I know for me personally, when I felt that prompting to start a business, I had it this idea in my head that it was way more complicated and I needed a lot more resource than I actually did to take the steps to start. Do you think that's true of a lot of people out there? Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be different everywhere you live, what the guidelines are in your city, your county, your state, your country, wherever you're watching from, there is different types of governing of what what you can sell out of your home, how you can sell it, the logistics behind it. And if you start there, you're going to get overwhelmed and like never start. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? There, There's a lot of grace out there. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant. So I'm not going to give you official advice. But as a person who has started a business, you're going to learn along the way. 
And sometimes you might get, you know, get a letter in the mail being like, um, you know, you can't do this out of your facility without having this license. There's usually like some type of warning first or grace period for things. And you just kind of learn along the way as you go, you learn, oh, I have to collect sales tax for this. Oh, I have to but you don't have to have that all figured out before you start. Because I think people get so paralyzed in all of that and thinking, oh, I have to start an LLC right away. Yeah. You know, you you really don't. You, don't. you can do it when you get to a certain point and you grow to a certain point and you need to get those things in place. Yes. And so for me, when I first felt that prompting, I had been working for you and providing, it was a service-based business, providing a service um for her business. And then I started having other people ask me if I would be willing to do that same service for them. And it, I got asked so many times at some point I felt like, okay, I'm going to start this. So what I did, first of all, I had a name. (laughs) That was like the first thing I did. And then I went and I bought my URL and got my social handles and an email address, and I did a Google workspace. So just practically, I felt like those were the basic things that I needed. And then from that point, I worked really as an independent contractor and had my, the people that I work for 1099 me. So I'm not a tax expert either, but this is how I did it in the beginning and found that that's what worked for me in the amount of income I was bringing in and generating. Um, that worked best. And that was really all I needed was my social handles, a URL for a website, which I haven't even set up yet. I just wanted to reserve it for the future. And um, my email address and Google Workspace. And yeah, I was off and running. I did also use Canva for different um, logo things and graphics. So it really was not a lot of things I needed Mm -hmm. to really get started. Um, And so that was kind of how I jumped in to starting a business. It just sounds like taking a step forward too, because when I started, I made up my own logo. We didn't have Canva back then, so y'all are doing a lot better. (laughs) Than we were back in the day. I can't, I think I created mine through PicMonkey, maybe, um, which I still kind of use at some time. But it was a long time before I ever hired somebody to create a logo for me. I did get the URL, too. And I started using mine right away because I was blogging. So if you do have a business idea, it doesn't cost a lot of money just to reserve that URL. Um, if you have that, you know, that, that word in mind that you want to like name your business, I do recommend doing a Google search yes. to see if there's other businesses like yours that are using that word because you might find there are a lot of people using that name even though you didn't know about it and you can't just claim, oh, I didn't know. It's very easy to do a Google search as you're coming up with, oh, what should my brand name be or whatever. But these days, honestly, if I were you, I would just make your brand your name Yeah, because it's always going to be related to you, whatever area you want to go in. It's going to be your name. It's going to be easy for people to find. Um, That's just like an aside. I think we used to always have to come up with a company name. But sometimes if you're going to be out in the work world and, you know, if you're scared about privacy and stuff, people can find you. They can find where you live. They can find everything about you very quickly. So I don't be so intimidated about that um, because I think that's something that held me back in the beginning was 
thinking about privacy, but if you're putting yourself out there, people are the, with the day and age of the internet, they're going to be able to find you. So that's a great thing too, that you can think of as maybe possibly just using your name if you can't come, come up with a brand name. Yeah. And maybe should we talk a little bit about how, I mean, we recently also started a new brand and what, what did we do? Was there anything different we did to start this brand? Um, I mean, I think we, yes, because I think we were more intentional with it. Um, not that we weren't intentional with our other businesses, but we talked about like, what do we think our audience is? What are, what type of information are we going to share? And we wanted, we just came up with that word evergreen mm-hmm. because we were like, the, we feel like these are conversations that are going to stand the test of time. Like they're pertinent to what we're doing now, but they're rooted in stuff that is like been around for centuries, <laughs> like just being whole and healed and being authentic and vulnerable it's things that are going to stand the test of time with a little business twist in them so we thought you know and evergreen is just being able to to flourish in every season so just in the season of motherhood entrepreneurship business we just felt this overarching theme of like this is going to be like an evergreen place that you can always come back to and that was a very generic word yeah, because we googled it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like everywhere. We're like, well, we want to stand out. We wanted, we want to think of something else. So we just were looking at different words. We ended up on cypress as a evergreen tree, and we liked had that it had the word press in it because one of the things that we're constantly talking about here is that the trials and the pressing and the crushing of life that they feel terrible in the moment, but you always learn something on the other side. And most successful businesses are built on a lot of failures and what you learn in that in those hard seasons. So that's where we came up with Cypress Room. And we put the room on the end because we wanted you to feel like you were in the room with us. Like we're having these conversations with you that you're invited into just kind of a mastermind of how do we walk through this and not that we have it all together. We're just, you know, just as mess as you, but we're here to support each other and walk through. So we wanted you to feel like you were in our living room with us. And when we Googled it, it was what our brand is, was not anywhere else. Cypress Room exists a lot in hotel banquet rooms. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of restaurants um, that are named Cypress Room, but didn't have a huge like presence. So that's kind of how we walked through the process of naming this and what it looks like. And then we went to get all of our social handles was the first thing with our name in mind and it was available. So that's another thing to consider when you do come up with your name after all the Google searches is try it out as a social handle, one that's easy for people to remember and type in and see if it's available. So that's a very like practical first step to just getting started and putting your business out there. Yeah. And one thing too, because I think when we're talking about if you're like wanting to start, you know, I know you have someone in your neighborhood that does bagels or something like that. She does sourdough bagels. I would start that on your personal Instagram because you already have a built-in audience there. There are people that love and care about you. And if they don't want to see you making bagels and they're your friend and they unfollow you, you probably don't need them in your life anyways. <laughs> Just going to be real. Yeah. Um. And then if it becomes something, you can always switch that over to a business. That's what I did with mine. I used to always share everything on my personal Instagram. And when it became like more, I was like, gosh, I'm sharing about my business so much on here and less of my personal life. I switched that over and then I created a second personal one. Because it's a lot easier to build your personal one back up than start a business from zero. That's a good point. And if you're so connected to what you're doing and it is going to be a grassroots type of thing, 
like it is really a good place to start with your friends and family. And if they don't want to encourage you and support you in what you're doing, I would honestly consider, do you want that person following you anyways? Because if you don't have someone who's championing you on in chasing your dreams and chasing something new, I would just say you probably, (laughs) but that might be an arch. Maybe a little, but it's also, there's an element of truth there for sure. I would also say don't neglect Facebook as a tool in the beginnings of starting your business, especially if you're selling a product or service. I know the the woman she referenced in my neighborhood who sells sourdough bread and sourdough bagels homemade started off in just our neighborhood page and she got ended up getting so many orders that it spurred her on to start like a bakesy site where she can schedule orders and keep track of them in a little bit more efficient way. Um, So don't neglect Facebook in the beginnings. I also see people, you know, who are just getting started out on furniture refinishing using Facebook Marketplace also as a tool to sell the things that they make. So I would say, you know, yes, you're your own network and your area of influence is a great place to start, but also Facebook is a really underutilized tool, I think, for neighborhood groups in Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, and the thing that's great about Facebook is I feel like you can localize things more yes. at an unpaid level. Yes. Um, you can localize things on Instagram and I think TikTok as well, but there's going to be a paid aspect to that. So I think that's a little, and you know, everything is pretty much paid these days, even with Facebook, it's getting a little harder to start, but you have enough of a base to see if you have a good idea that might have a little bit of traction that could take off. Yes, for sure. I mean, I see women on our neighborhood page starting all kinds of different, and even kids in our neighborhood starting dog walking businesses on our neighborhood page, landscaping Um, There was even a woman who just would give rides to elderly people in our neighborhood if they needed them. Another woman who runs errands for people like on a paid basis. Another woman who like does laundry or folds it Mm -hmm. and other household management things. So I think that that can be a really great tool to kind of get whatever your business idea is off and running and to get a gauge of how many people are interested in Mm -hmm. what you're offering. Yeah. I have a friend who is doing like an elf on a shelf business. I think she's been doing it for several years. Such a good idea. She's just been doing it um, for my friends, I think, for the past several years and selling those kits. And I think she's figured out how to do it well enough that she teamed up with another gal who was doing the same thing. And this is their first like official launch for the season. Uh, And it's I've never done elf on a shelf because it seems too overwhelming. (laughs) You have to move this elf around every day on the Christmas season, like leading up to the Christmas. And it seems really fun, but you have to set up these different scenarios every day. Well, my friend has created those scenarios for you in a calendar and she ships you everything that you need. That is so so it's genius. So I will link her information down in the description box if you are someone who really wants to do that. But you've always been like, oh, that's so overwhelming. And so that is something that it's useful. It's helpful. I know she's enjoyed doing it. She's enjoyed doing it for her friends that have kids. And now I think she's trying to expand it into a business, which is very cool. So it's just like all these little different things, you guys, you don't have to have a Coca-Cola. You don't have to have a Target. You don't have to have, I'm thinking of all the Shark Tank things. You don't have to have Spanx. You don't have to have a Squatty Potty (laughs) and Scrub Daddy. Like those stories are amazing. But like you can just start small with something that you're really passionate about that you have shared with just a small group of people that you've seen a little bit of success with. And like, don't let 
fear hold you back. Don't let all the logistics hold you back of right. starting because you can figure that stuff out as you go. Yes. Yeah. I, absolutely. I would encourage you to just try it out. I mean, and maybe through some failures and setbacks, you'll really get to hone in on what works and what doesn't. It, it's not going to look perfect from the start, but we we have to get started in these things to know if they're going to going to pan out for us. But I also I kind of wanted to transition and talk about like why do you think that women entrepreneurship is on the rise, and why is it important? Okay. I'm going to try to be careful with my words. <laughs> I mean, I think it has a lot to do with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those traditional roles were just kind of thrown into a blender during that because we were all home. So whether you had whoever the provider was, whether it was a male or a female, I mean, I think statistically it would tell you that a lot of, you know, the leader in the home in the financial world is going to be the husband for a myriad of reasons. And I think we all know there has been a pay gap discussion going on for quite a while. And I've even seen it in what I do, which is crazy. But it it is real, whether you want to say that it's real or not. And I think that during that season, everybody was just home. And I think a lot of the roles that maybe were traditionally done by females, they were kind of in a shared space and maybe freed up some time for women to dream a little bit. Um, ones that weren't working, that weren't in the workforce, or ones that were in the workforce, if they were at home, they got to see like, man, I have a lot of freedom. And when stuff started picking back up and they had to do the hybrid thing or whatever, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they started seeing like everybody on the internet baking or everybody sharing. I mean, there were so many people that came up and out of that era that they're like, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can just be a consultant and do what I'm doing and do it for other companies. I think it just slowed everything down where you could really get off that hamster wheel and say, is this really what I want? What type of skills do I have? And how can I take more control of my life and my business? Yes. I think it also kind of fast-tracked a lot of technology and resources available to doing things remotely and digitally, which certainly benefits anybody who wants to start a business. But also, I I feel like women for so long, we've tried unsuccessfully to change the system, you know, in terms of what a working mom looks like, you know, in terms of maternity leave and vacation. And, you know, we haven't succeeded at this point to make it look like maybe it does over in Europe. And so now this gives us the opportunity to change it up, flip it upside upside down and make our own rules and our own systems, our own businesses to create them to work for our lives and our families, which I personally think is so exciting. And it also shows people you maybe you don't have to choose one or the other. I'm going to work the corporate life or I'm going to be a stay at home mom. This way I can kind of have a little bit of both and make it look like what works best for our family. Yeah. Or even if like you need the stability of a nine to five and the benefits that come with that, you can still if it's like I talk about in content creation, if you have a passion for something and you've had a good response to putting that whatever that is out in the world, whether it's baking or artwork or, 
you know, refurnished, fin refinished furniture or even like a digital product of teaching somebody how to do a course or something like that. If you've had success in that and you enjoy doing it, maybe do both for a while and see like if you can eventually leave that corporate job and have more control over your life, like take that chance, take that yes. risk. Um, and just see what happens. Yes. I I honestly, those numbers get me excited. And I, I just hope they increase because I still feel like I know and we know so many women. And we talked about this in our last podcast. Even our friend we talked about to at church the other day, they have these great ideas, yeah. these great stories. But they just haven't taken that step of faith yet to practically get started because yeah. they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So let's talk just practically like a list. Where does somebody start? Like what are the like the basic things that they would need to get started? I think you're a better person to answer you that question me? because you intentionally started a business. I like back ended into a business. <laughs> okay. Well, like I started I doing do things too. and then I was like, oh, wait, I think this is a business. So, and you just did it like two years ago or a year ago. Okay, so, yours yeah, has, we're coming up on three years on next three years. year. So, a little over two years at this point. Okay. For me, the very basics were a URL, social handles. Canva or some kind of um, what would you call that site? A graphic design website mm -hmm. is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, a good iPhone for camera for pictures and video. Yeah. And if you, I would say, if you're going to be selling a product or service, you need some kind of ordering platform or website. Okay. And that might even be one step ahead after you've done like a Facebook neighborhood page or your personal Instagram or. Um, Facebook Marketplace, but I I really think it's that simple. Yeah, and and obviously that's a list after you've done your research to know, you know, if there's certain requirements um, for where you live. But it, yeah. it really is that basic. Yeah, and if you don't want to like set up your own website and do all of that, you can start out on Etsy. I've mm -hmm. never yes. sold on Etsy, so I don't have a personal opinion to share with you. And I know there's negative opinions out there about it. And I know there's positive comments about there, it out there. But it is a platform that already exists that you can just upload your stuff on. You are going to be sharing profits with them. So just figure out how that works. Because if you are selling a product that is not, I know we keep talking about like baking products, but they have to sell those locally. They're not yeah. going to be shipping those across the country. But if you like make baby hats, if you are like making shirts, that's something you can ship across the country on your own. Um, so you might, you know, you expand your audience. You are not so, you know, niche down. So you can use Instagram. You can use TikTok and maybe try to work on making some viral type of content that is going to sell your products. There are so many people that have gone viral on TikTok just like making tie-dyed shirts that have a full-blown business now. And like they'll show like here's all my orders coming in. So it's like if your dream is to like make something have that social media aspect, not like let it run your life, but just document what you're doing. Yes. And the story behind it. Yeah. I know I follow um, this creator who he creates digital prints of his artwork and they're all about Bible stories, but they're okay. these fine detail prints and he has a story and a verse. And so he gets on and tells like what inspired this and where it's from in the Bible. And I just... 
he went viral on Instagram and it came up in my feed and I was like, oh, I might want to buy those one day. So I saved it. Okay. And that's how he drives people to his Etsy site. Yeah, I know they're really smart. There are a ton of artists. Like if you're a working artist, I know a lot of them are just documenting their process and they're making individual one of a kind prints. Okay. But they're creating, you know, they're letting people into what they're doing and then they're able to sell that product on there. So it's like free marketing. So it's that whole thing that we talk about of just like documenting your day and creating content Mm -hmm. out of that instead of trying to come up with viral content and focusing so much on that content. If you just document what you're doing, that is a very easy way to market your stuff and just throw that up on social media. And if something happens with it, great. If nothing happens with it, at least you have like content to put out there and possibly like push your stuff. Yeah, There's a lot of artists that I follow that they do just really cool stuff on TikTok and I yeah. enjoy watching them. Yeah. I know. they People get so creative with how they market their products and services mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. I think it's really neat to see. Okay, so there are a couple of new up and coming resources that I wanted us to talk about. For anyone out there who is a small business owner who is selling a product, and there's two different platforms that are allowing business owners to just expand their reach. So I wanted to talk about this today. And the first one is TikTok Shop. Now, if you're on the platform, I am sure your feed has been (laughs) inundated with TikTok Shop. And maybe you're like me wondering, like, is this legit? Like, can I really buy something through here? Well, the answer is yes. And so I wanted to talk about TikTok Shop and the opportunity that it offers you if you want to start a small business or if you already have one and you're selling some kind of product, a physical product or even like an e-course or digital art, things like that, and it's to open up your own TikTok shop. And so I'm going to read just what TikTok says about their TikTok shop. Okay, um, I'm excited to hear about this because I know <laughs> nothing about this because I don't sell any physical products. So I have not I don't have room for this information. So I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah. And just a side note, you know, these platforms, even YouTube is really um, expanding their offerings for people to shop in the platforms. Yeah. They're wanting people to stay on the platforms, So they're offering creators these opportunities within the platform to sell their products. So I think that is really neat. Yeah. And it makes it really seamless if you have products and you do put them on TikTok shop, which Maggie's going to tell us how we do that. You can reach out to creators and or send them free samples or whatever and try to get, you know, some marketing going that way. So that's that's really exciting. Yeah, it's just an, another opportunity for you as a business owner to just expand the reach on each of these platforms to the to just a wider variety of customers. So from TikTok's website, the way they describe TikTok shop It says, powered by TikTok's unique discovery engine, TikTok Shop enables brands and sellers to showcase and sell products directly on TikTok through a suite of in-app shopping touch points. No matter your business size, follower count, or content expertise, you can find the tools and partners you need to grow. So that's pretty neat. They are this uh, TikTok Shop soft launch in November of last year, and then started beta testing in April. So it is still fairly new and evolving. 
So I encourage you just as a disclaimer, like a lot of this information may change even by the time (laughs) you're watching this. So if it's something you're interested in, I would encourage you to um, go ahead and like do some research because as accurate as this information may be for like right now, it could change even a week or two weeks from now because I noticed when I was doing my research, even from just April, they're still kind of adjusting things to make them um, more shoppable, to make it easier to access for different business owners. So just wanted to issue that disclaimer out there. Okay. So if you want to know how you qualify, um, the main qualifiers are you need to be over 18 and you have to have posted a video on TikTok in the last 28 days. Then they you go through... Um, a identification process so you do have to have you know your photo id and address and all of those things to get approved um and they do claim that they vet all of their merchants okay. on tiktok shops so for those of us who are questioning is this legit if i order this am i right. gonna get the product is yeah. it a scam TikTok claims that they thoroughly vet all their merchants and that they are using second parties to ensure the safety of the transactions. So they claim that it is safe and it is legit. So I guess be comforted in that. And the next time I see a stellar deal on an office chair that I'm looking at, maybe I'll go ahead. I know. I'm going to be honest. I have not bought anything off of TikTok shop because I feel a little weary of it. So maybe we need to test the waters and just buy something and see if it comes and we can report back to you. I have been so skeptical, but there's this one office chair because I recently have done an office makeover that I love and it keeps showing up in my TikTok shop. It's kind of gone viral and I've been so nervous to just pull the plug and like order. What's the worst that can happen? How much is the chair? I, it's under a hundred dollars. That's the other well, thing. It seems like the the deals are like, seems like a lot. too good to be true. Well, and I know they're running. They're trying to get people to shop on here. Yes. So they are giving you like fifty dollar coupons to basically anybody as a shopper yes. that you can use towards your first pro- purchase. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And I see here like for the identification, it just says the last four digits of your social security number. So it looks like you don't even have to have an LLC or a business no, license you or, a, you know, I, what are they called? IENs? I, I have one. I should a know what it's called. A tax ID. Yeah, a tax but... ID for your business. So it looks like you don't have to have that. No, so if you you're don't. just starting out in your business, it looks like you, as long as you're selling a physical product, you could still sign up for this. Right. And I do have to say, though, if you do decide to um, enroll in TikTok shop and open a shop there, there is a referral fee that TikTok takes okay. from your sales. And um, it looks like in the beginning they were incentivizing people to get on TikTok shop by waiving referral fees for oh. the first 90 days. But it looks like that ended in September. So I don't know if they'll run more things like that to encourage people to get on TikTok shop, but it is something they've done in the past. And Uh, They don't reveal their referral fee on their website. I will say that. But when I did my research, people were commenting that it was about 5%. 5% per product? Uh, Of sales. Of sales. That doesn't sound that unreasonable. No, I didn't think so either. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just a great opportunity for you. They talk about... um, how selling on TikTok allows you to reach like just such a new audience with the younger demographic because they are 
so focused on um, being a search engine for people. They really are trying to develop the app. It seems to be like that one-stop shop that you don't have to leave. They want you to be able to search whatever you need, be able to buy products you're interested in, all within the app. So that's great if you're wanting to open a shop there. Um, it does take about two to six days to get approved. And once you are approved, there's a variety of different ways within the platform that you can sell your products. You can do live shopping videos where you basically do a TikTok live, demonstrate, talk about your products. And as people are tuning in live, they have the ability to purchase your product right there. Um, shoppable videos. Um, you can open up your own shop page in TikTok within the app. And then the shop tab, which is your online marketplace within TikTok. So they are really pushing this shop TikTok content right now. You've seen all the discounts that they're offering, discount codes. It's overwhelming our feed. So I would say now would be an excellent time if it's something you're interested in and you do have a product that you kind of want to get up and running and start selling on a larger platform. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. And I just know in my feed, because I'm a TikToker, yeah. <laughs> I like to scroll TikTok. I've said that on here several times. These these videos, these shoppable videos, they are really starting to push. They're giving those videos priority. They are. Um, so it might show up more than those, you know, entertainment videos and everything that people like to watch on there. They're going to push that because they're making commissions off of it. So it'll be right. interesting to see also how the audience responds because I've been doing it for a while and this has already been tested you know in other countries and is yeah. working it's just they've brought it to the U.S. now so it'll be just really interesting to see how our shopping patterns change because like you said YouTube is doing this yes um, I think you have another platform we're going to talk about that yeah. is prioritizing shopping so they really want you shopping in these apps so that you don't leave yes and I just think it's so neat for small business owners especially on TikTok because they are saying it doesn't matter your size or follower count, all of that right now. They're giving access to even people just starting out to be a part of this, which I think, and when we talk about the next platform, you'll see that it's very different. So this is a unique opportunity that, yeah, I just encourage people to take advantage of if it's something that you think you might be interested in. Well, and it's such an organic way to show your product in action. You don't have to do the old school route of like, here's my brand and here's yes. my identity and here's my color. At the end of the day, people just want to see what your product is and how it works. And so yes. you just using it around your home or whatever, whatever it is, if you're showing it in action and people are seeing that. They're going to be like, oh, I'm interested in that. I want to try that out. Like this chair that you're talking about. And you don't have to create like this whole big marketing plan like you had to do back in the day. I love that. Yeah. It makes it simple. For people who have used Etsy as their main platform in the past, I think this is also a fun way to show people what your products look like in real life, in mm -hmm. action, rather than just that static picture. So it kind of, it can be an add-on to an Etsy shop. It can be instead of, I guess it just, whatever your business model lends itself to, this is just a more real kind of organic, relatable way to show people what you're selling, what you've created, and um, what it looks like in real life. Okay. And you have lots of resources for people that we're going to leave down in the description yes, box, right? Okay, yes. perfect. We'll leave all of the links to go sign up. And Erin On Demand also recently did a great video about how she's utilizing TikTok Shop for her digital planners. 
Um, I'll link that below too. Um, but yes, I encourage you to do the research and check it out because it could be a really great opportunity. Yeah. So we still have one more and that's Pinterest. Um, Pinterest has recently launched what they call Pinterest Merchant. And now I don't know about you, but I think Pinterest is probably one of the most underutilized social platforms um, out there. It is such an incredible search engine uh, for people who are going there to really find something specific. Um, and what Pinterest Merchant is, their verified merchant program is much like TikTok Shop in that you get approved to be a Pinterest verified merchant and it helps people on Pinterest discover and buy from you and other vetted brands. They too have a vetting process for all the merchants on, on Pinterest. And as a verified merchant, your pins are going to appear organically to people who are shopping and pinning on Pinterest and give you a chance to reach, again, a wider audience. Um, you also, and the verified merchant, it you get a badge that shows on your home Pinterest page that your brand was approved and vetted by Pinterest um, for people to shop and purchase. Um, you can also do dedicated shopping experiences for pinners on Pinterest and related pins. Um, they do have a little bit more requirements as far as uh, your business goes. So if you want to be a Pinterest verified merchant, you have to have had your business website active and running for about 13 months before you can apply for this program. Okay. So do you have to have your own website or do you think you could qualify with an Etsy shop? Do you know that? You know, I don't know. That is that. a good okay. question because I also wonder if I wondered if a Shopify would work. If you had a Shopify landing page, it should. It seems like it should. If you've had an online store mm -hmm. already for 13 months, but I would say maybe we got to look into. We got to look into that, and yeah. I, I assume they would be doing that because they want to see the consistency of you fulfilling orders yes. and your customer service. Like they yep. want to see that you're already doing that on your own before they let you sell on their platform, which is, you know, a, sounds like a very good vetting yes. process. Yes, they would. But you might sure. have to have a little bit more experience before you look into doing that with Pinterest then versus TikTok. Yes, you do need to be a little bit more established and have already been selling some products for a while. So it's different in that way. Um, but what you do is once you get approved to be a Pinterest merchant, you connect your existing storefront to your Pinterest business account, and then they turn your product catalog into pins for you. What? Into shoppable pins. So that, to me, is an incredible resource. Because right. can you imagine the time involved in creating pins for an entire product catalog? That'd be a significant time investment. Well, the benefit is if you do get to be a verified merchant, they do the work for you. Wow. Okay. Really so this nice. sounds like there's probably a bigger commission involved. Did you find any information about how much commission they're taking off your sales and interest? Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure they said that they don't take, that it's completely free. Wait, what? Okay. Maybe they're just building up their program right now. They got to take a piece of the pie at some point. I, I, when I was researching, they said right now, this is a 
like free experience. Okay, so they're trying to get you to sign up right yeah. now. So if you already have a, a year of website sales, get on this now before they start charging because they will start charging. They all do. Yes. yes. Um, that's something similar that's going on with YouTube shopping. I'm obviously more familiar with that. I don't think they have opened that up to small businesses yet. They are just working with big brands on there to, I think, get that shopping experience down on YouTube. But I think once that they have figured that out, they are going to do similar to what you're talking to with TikTok yeah. and with Pinterest, because why not? And they are doing very generous commissions for creators right now. And I don't believe YouTube is taking a huge chunk of that right now. But one day they will because yeah. there's nothing. <laughs> there's no such thing as a free lunch. So yeah. definitely jump on these programs now before they become more established because you're going to you know make more money in the interim before they raise the commissions they're going to be taking off of these sales. Right. And if it's something that like especially for Pinterest merchant that you think maybe down there like I haven't had my business website up for 13 months yet but that's a great opportunity when I get to that point start your Pinterest account now because one of the eligibility requirements is your Pinterest business account has to be at least three months old and um, you need to have been like active on there um, within those three months so Okay, perfect. So even if you're not selling, take the steps now. Like even on TikTok, if you don't even have a TikTok yet, start your TikTok and start, you know, you have to have that one that's 28 days old. Isn't that yes. what you said? Yes. So start your TikTok today. Do those actionable steps to move forward to be selling on these platforms one day because it's definitely the future of the way that people are going to be shopping. It is. And it really represents such a way to extend your reach beyond what you could just in your everyday through Facebook Marketplace. it Right now, the way that they are pushing this TikTok shop, especially out there, it's a way for you to gain access to an entirely new customer base and really launch, you know, your business and start monetizing it. So I think it's really exciting. Well, thank you for doing all the hard work of figure talking about these programs and yeah. researching them for us. It makes me want to come up with a product. <laughs> I know. And just a disclaimer, you know, we aren't experts at it. No. We don't, aren't currently selling any products. We're just kind of doing some research to get you the information so that you can be encouraged that there is really just such a wide array of resources out there right now. If you're thinking of starting a business or if you've kind of been dabbling in it for a little while to give you that push to just kind of go ahead and get started. I just want to encourage anybody out there. You know, I always thought I was just going to be like a corporate worker, like I just needed that direction and like a boss and somebody to just tell me what to do. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur or thought I had the ability or the capacity to do it. And so I just encourage anyone else out there who feels that same way um, if there's something that's been stirring in your heart, uh, a business to start, you have a side passion that you really enjoy uh, to take the leap of faith that it's really is easier than you think. And I think that fear of failure um, keeps a lot of us from yeah. stepping into these businesses. But I think I think that you'll shape your strategy and your business as you experience some failures and some pushback. And I, I definitely think that it is worth it. So I just encourage you 
to take this step of faith and get started. Yeah. And I wish we had more experience selling tangible products because I feel like that's an easier business to start. Maybe it's not, though. So if you have experienced making something and trying to sell it, let us know about your experience down in the comments. Um, Like I said, it's an easier way to make money faster off of a product than yes. it is, um, depending on what it is, because you do have to put money into making yeah. your products. And too. it really is as easy as only having like these five or six things yeah. to get started. It's not as hard as you think. And what's the worst thing that could happen? It doesn't work it doesn't out. It doesn't work out. But at least you tried. So I think, yeah, what we're wanting to encourage you in is that if you have a dream or desire in your heart, just start, just try, just move forward. Um, let us know if you have a business, put it in, put it in the comments yes. and share it with everybody and I'll check out your stuff. Um, so yeah, I just love, I just hope that this has encouraged you, especially females Yes, that you can start a business like double the amount of women in the U S have started a business since 2020. That's just so cool and encouraging to hear. It and it's not like the easiest lifestyle. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it when you're an entrepreneur. It's like this. It really is. But it's also fun and wild and really fulfilling in other aspects. So we're here to be your cheerleaders. Yes, absolutely. We're, we're two people that are just moving through it constant, like every day. Just figuring it out. out. Just yeah. figuring it out. So we're here to figure it out with you and just want to encourage you in that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I'm even still figuring out what my business looks like going forward through different experiences in the last year and some failures and the way the industry's changing. I'm sort of having to shift gears. And and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's right. just sometimes there's your business goes through an evolutionary like process mm-hmm. and it maybe doesn't uh, look now like it started off, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so don't get discouraged if, you know, you kind of have to shift gears in process because I think that's totally normal. Yeah. And I'm still trying to come up with, I've wanted to come up with a product for like three years now and I got, I have ideas, (laughs) but like actually executing them, I haven't been able to move forward in that, but I would love to be in the space of creating digital or tangible products. So that's a challenge. This episode's been a challenge to me as well. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So go for it. If nothing else, out of this episode, (laughs) you just go for that business. Oh my gosh, I was going to try to close it out, but I forgot about our favorite things. Yes. How can you forget, Christina? <laughs> well, I have to tell you how, how I remembered because we are wearing the same pants right now. I just looked we down. Are. We're wearing the same pants. Maggie has already shared these as a favorite thing. Um, I don't know who influenced who on this on this purchase, but these are the Lululemon Align Ribbed. And not only are they comfortable, but the texture just gives you something beautiful and there's a cutout like on the knee that helps with the shaping this is not my favorite thing it's just a free shout out (laughs) for why we love sharing our favorite things but my favorite thing for today I it took me a whole year to get these can I show them if you're on uh YouTube you can see them I know it's so awkward right now but these are the ultra short Uggs I have been an Uggs fan since my days living in Minnesota where me and Maggie met it is my favorite shoe to wear in the winter I don't care if they're cute or not cute. I know people have very polarizing (laughs) feelings about Uggs, but your feet are going to be warm in the winter. And the correct way to wear Uggs is no socks. I know that seems sketch. Get on board with that. I know that seems (laughs) sketch, but I hate socks. And so I love wearing my Uggs in the wintertime. And these always sell out. The ultra shorts 
sold out last year before Christmas. So if you know somebody who wants them or if you want them yourself, I recommend that you get them now before they sell out. They will probably be sold out by Black Friday. It's just the way that it goes. I need some hot tips. Hot item. They're a hot item. I need some tips on how to style them. There's lots of there's lots of cute fashion influencers that style them correctly, so I need to get on that. But I, I love, think you're doing a pretty good job. Today. I love, well, I'm pretty cash today, <laughs> but you know that's how I roll. So that this is my these are my favorite thing. I was just able to get them out because the weather has finally started turning in Tennessee. Yeah. And I love them, and I'm looking forward to wearing them all winter long. Awesome. <laughs> Maggie's like, not for me. Hard pass. <laughs> they are not for me, but I love them on you. They look great on you. I just feel like they look a little bit like hooves on me because I'm a little bit thicker than you. <laughs> oh, my god! <laughs> I, I do have bigger feet than you, though. You do, but for some reason it works. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, friend. It's okay that you, you rock them. Thank you. I just, I, I, I can't, I, I can't rock them myself. <laughs> it's okay. Please let me know in the comments if you're team Uggs or team No Way, because I, I, it's a very polarizing topic. It I is. Think. I used to wear them when we lived in colder climates because it was like necessary. Right here, but, not so much. Yeah, in Tennessee, not so much. Not so much, but still very on trend and very fashionable for um this winter so <laughs> my favorite thing is um I actually just recently found a new tinted sunscreen that I absolutely love and it's this super goop glow screen and I have super super dry skin and a lot of sunscreen products like sting my skin when I put them on and this does not. And it also gives this beautiful glow and my makeup goes on flawlessly. And um, yeah, I love it. It's a little bit expensive. There is um, an imitation by e.l.f. Um, that I have also tried and it's very similar, but I still like, of course, I always like the more expensive one better. But um, yeah, that's my favorite thing. Okay, tell me what you didn't like about the e.l.f. one, because I know a lot of people have been talking about that as comparable to. It is very comparable. The thing that I didn't like is the super goop is truly unscented, which okay. I prefer. And the e.l.f. has a little bit of a scent and it smells like sunscreen. <gasps> I hate it when they smell like sunscreen. Which I would I don't rather like. pay the extra 10 to $20 to have it not smell like sunscreen. Yes, me too. And so honestly... They were so similar, except for that. And I don't, I think that because my skin's so sensitive and dry, I've just used unscented facial products for so long that when one does have a scent, I'm like extra, I can just tell so and badly. And it's right so. on top of your nose. I mean, your face is right there <laughs> yeah. next to your nose. So if it is scented, it's going to bother you. Yeah. But if yeah. you don't care about that, the e.l.f. is a great alternative okay, that is... $14 versus 38 for the super goop. Okay. How long do you think it lasts for? Like a month, two months? You mean one? One super goop. Oh, gosh. I've had mine for at least two months, and I'm not even really? halfway done with it. Oh, wow. Okay. Because a little bit does seem to go a long way. Okay. So I'm a big fan. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. Well, thanks for sharing your favorite things today. Yeah. This was a fun a fun episode and i love hearing about your favorite things
even if they're different from mine. Yes. <laughs> team Uggs or Team No Way. Still want to know in the comments. Well, thank you for joining us for today. I hope this was just our whole intent behind this was to encourage you to just step forward in whatever dream you have on your heart and that you can be a business owner. You can yes. do it. Like we're two people sitting here that had no business starting a business and now we both have businesses and we just want to encourage you to walk forward in whatever you feel called in. Yes, it's not as hard as you think. So yes, and we're cheering you on. We are cheering you on and we will see you next time in the Cypress Room. We'll see you next time in the Cypress Room, guys.